0: Hi, and welcome to Kids Yoga Matters with me, Maria Jones. In this podcast, we talk about all the reasons why kids yoga matters. So let's begin. Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. This week, we speak to Veronica Panna of Yotism. Yotism is yoga for autism, all ages. But in this podcast, Veronica speaks from the heart about the effect that COVID-19 has had on children with autism. And of course, she also speaks about her forthcoming training coming to the north of England at the end of September. So let's listen to Veronica and myself speak about yoga for autism. Welcome, Veronica. So let's begin today we will find out about the amazing work uh, Veronica does and uh, we will also try and talk a little bit about how COVID-19 has had an effect on uh, children with autism. Tell me about you and Yotism first of all.
1: Well thank you for having me firstly. Um, So Yotism um, as an organization started in 2014. We identified that something different needed to be um, taught for yoga teachers, particularly to help understand how we would teach yoga to the neurodiverse community and in particular, children to begin with. Um, Although, again, we've expanded into working with adults as well. Um, So, you know, we met um, somebody at a yoga camp, actually, who was on the spectrum, who absolutely raved about how yoga had changed his life, um, but how he found it very difficult in in sort of normal yoga classes and would quite often experience overwhelm, or or just simply lie down at the end of the class and be very agitated rather than calm and wanted to know why. And my colleague, Nicole, um, had been working... Uh, with yoga in in the um, autism sort of area as a one-to-one with alongside um, some of her care work and therapy work for quite a long time so together we kind of put our heads together and went "Mm, we could probably do this actually we should really come up with a curriculum and and start teaching the stuff because it's obviously very much needed
0: that sounds amazing uh, because it is usually how courses are created because you see a need for it and uh, you see how your expertise can fit within an area of, uh, you know, need, an, uh, of a needed area. And then um, you try and help basically bring yoga to a wider spectrum in a more effective kind of manner. In your, you know, you already told us that that, that, at what point you created your autism, but at what point in your practice did you decide to teach yoga to children with autism
1: so personally, it happened around the time that my youngest son um, was about seven months um, so he um, he was the last of four. Um, he was born when I was quite a lot older, and he Uh, he was starting to bum shuffle and I sort of knew in the back of my mind from sort of all the other yoga work that I did with babies and children because I I was you know doing baby yoga and teaching children's yoga that this this was something different Um, and I I wasn't quite sure really what to do about it I was kind of like oh this is happening and luckily Nicole is is my best friend Uh, so I just asked her, I said, you know, uh, Kian, his name is my son, is, you know, he's bum shuffling, I know I need to do something, do you know what I need to do, and she went, absolutely do I, so um, we met, the next time we met, we were again at a yoga festival, different different time, um, a few years before, (laughs) and she gave me a, a set of three exercises to do with him, And they weren't really yoga exercises, although one of them was. Um, There were more sort of stimulants for the nervous system. And by the end of the week, he was crawling, you know, and it was like nothing short of miraculous. I was like, oh, my God, how did you do that? That's amazing. Um, And so I that piqued my curiosity. I was like, "Okay, I need to know what you're doing. You need to tell me what you have because we Nicole and I met at my very first yoga class in Thailand, you know, many, many years ago. And we both became yoga teachers at the same time. And we were both teaching yoga, but in, in different fields. So I was sort of aware of what she was doing, but I wasn't really inquiring much about it until that point. And at that point, I went, I need to know. I need to know more. And um, I asked a lot of questions, especially because I was teaching baby yoga. And I thought, this is really relevant for baby yoga. I need really need to know more. Um, it, basically, what was happening with Kian was that he was experiencing some developmental delay um, that would have caused some neurological difference, not necessarily autism or ADHD or anything so severe, but definitely some kind of a different type of functioning. So, and then it was a few years later then that we met this guy and we were talking to him at this festival about autism. And so it kind of all fitted together and it was like, okay, so I can see that this is going to be really important. And we'd already been having this conversation for quite a long time at that point. How do you specifically your teaching affects those
0: you teach I mean you saw it with your son and it was you know nothing short of miraculous I mean now I'm listening to your story totally mesmerized but have you seen something different happening in um, you know in somebody else's life I guess
1: oh lots lots and lots of stories down that I think that the, the, the major thing to understand sort of initially as a basis to this work is that Um, young people, children, even adults who are on the spectrum are functioning in fight or flight all of the time. All of the time. Which is why it often leads to things like adrenal fatigue in adulthood. You know, there's a constant cortisol, high levels of stress and anxiety. And it's automatic. It's not because they want to be. It's not because they can do anything about it. It's happening because the part of the brain that deals with this, the primitive brain, is on on automatic function. So we know as yoga teachers, the impact that yoga has in calming the nervous system just for a neurotypical person. So you can imagine the kind of impact that a bit of yoga can have on somebody who's functioning that highly um, stressed. Even if we just teach them to breathe, because quite often I
0: find if I'm working with a special child that they are, like you're saying, they're in the fight or flight. So they're breathing to the chest, very shallow, and you want to encourage. And sometimes they don't even have the sensory input to direct the breath in different. It's not that they, they are incredibly clever. Most of them are more clever than you know the average person but <laughs> yeah exactly but they just don't have the sensory awareness to direct the breath to the right parts of the body so even teaching them to breathe is miraculous for I them
1: moment that you know that one or two seconds after they've had a good breath where you almost visibly can see the nervous system just percolating down yes. It's so powerful. It's so, so powerful because they've never experienced it before. And the ramifications that that has in somebody's life, understanding that another mode of function actually exists for them if they were to work at it and create it, you know, and, and physically um, look for it is, is huge. It can really transform somebody's life. Like, um, I'll give you a really good example. Please. My very first client, after I'd I'd trained. Um, (laughs) She was an an older lady in her 50s um, who had recently been diagnosed as autistic. And and for women, this is not an unusual thing to be diagnosed later on in life. Um, She had had on her own um, for many years regulated herself into the rest and digest mode into the more relaxed mode through running that's what she did she ran a lot every day regardless and a distance you know quite a big distance but as she got older um as happens with runners you know feet and knees particularly her knees started to really hurt and she couldn't run anymore um and as soon as she stopped running her mental health really started to deteriorate um and she was in a, you know she was not in a very good way and she got referred to me through a friend of mine who's a psychiatrist who'd been working with her and you know she walks through the door and the first thing is i've tried everything um you know if this doesn't work you know i just don't know what I'm going to do i'm just going to jump off a bridge or something and i thought oh but i knew i knew that this that yoga works you know and that we just need to find the things that would work for her because this is the thing to remember that each individual on the spectrum is an individual so not everything works for everyone and it is a process of operation to find out you know what specific things worked for her so um you know, we did this, and I, and I explained this to her. I said, this is what we're going to do. This isn't a miracle cure, but we are going to go through stage by stage, and we're going to figure out how your body works and what things are good for it, and then you'll have a good toolkit that you can use. And, you know, and every time for the first sweet sweet, she'd arrive, and it's just like, oh, this, that, and the other has happened, and, no, oh, I'm not sure if this is what to you know. And then, you know, she'd leave the class, and she'd be completely different, and I could tell that. I could really tell that it was having impact in that moment. But of course, the the real telling is, does it have an impact throughout the rest of the week or throughout life, you know? About six weeks in, I was like, okay, so we need to, you know, reassess how is it going? And she told me this story about one of the places that she had her biggest meltdowns is on the train station. Yeah. If the train was late on her way to work, Um, then she would immediately start to get stressed. And then the world would start to swirl. And what she would do in order not to have a meltdown in front of everybody else was to go to the toilet and lock herself in a toilet cubicle. And then she couldn't get herself out of it. And then she'd miss the train anyway and have even more of a meltdown because she was now late for work. And she said to me, oh, well, the other day I was late... I was standing at the the train station and the train was late and I just closed my eyes and I breathed and I just breathed and then the train pulled in and I got on the train and it's just such a little simple thing, you know, for us to think about, like we wouldn't even think about that, but to her it was huge. It was absolutely huge. And I said, you see, look, it's starting to have an impact on your life. This is working. So therefore um, you know, let's keep going, and we kept going for another three months, and she did, she walked away with a whole bag full of stuff to do, and, you know, her life was really changed, and it was just little small things like that, that really have a big impact on somebody's life, and that's what this work is all about for me, um, I train other people so that they can also give this gift. So is this the mission of Yotism, the philosophy behind uh, the amazing trainings that you deliver? yeah it is to make yoga accessible and all the gifts that we know yoga brings us accessible to people uh, human beings that need it in a slightly different way you know that's what it is all about really and it isn't about
0: i mean i see on instagram certain things that just get on my nerves shall we say the back bends the handstands all those things that um, nowhere they are merely gymnastics and of course there is nothing wrong with it it's all about making space to breathe making space for our mind it's all about you know finding comfort and yes maybe that would work for some but it just gets on my nerves because I work with uh, you know elderly and disabled with the chair yoga quite a lot of the time and they say oh, I won't be able to do this and I says can you breathe <laughs> you can do yoga it's fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. so we me. method we do have a, a specific series of um sequential things that we try and do where we're leading to this point where the nervous system will be able to sort of soften into that rest and digest mode and what and that comes from an understanding that certain things need to happen in order for the body and the brain to be able to do that. So there is asana and pranayama, yes,
0: or maybe assisted in a way and supported through the practice. Uh, But at the same time, is there a framework that you specifically use for, uh, you know, for those that get trained with you? Because it's quite nice as a new practitioner to have a framework to work with. Sometimes they tell you, well, it's all very individual. Yes, we understand that. But at the same time, is there some things that I can have in my toolkit that I can try? Like, for example, one of the things that I learned to do is a little self massages. They're really good, high-pressure points, and they can bring awareness to the body or bring them down or some noises that activate certain, shall we say, parasympathetic responses. Yeah. Uh,
1: so those things are quite some things that I use. But yeah, I the, the, the kind part- of that we do uh, along those lines would be um, well first of all making a connection meeting meeting the individual or the group where they are um we'd work with um awareness of the body so we do body awareness if you have a look at our, our yotism youtube videos that we did over lockdown you'll see that all these elements are always there in different forms but they're always there we'll also have a sensory calming session so you know we'll look at the you know observing hearing sight smell and touch there'll be some sensory um, information sort of awareness gathering there'll be some left right brain stuff going on as well some sort of connectivity work some way of what we call preparatory exercises to get the body and the brain synchronized well seems that energy gets stuck
0: going around in one way so if you have that cross lateral yeah thing or activate that to
1: happen yeah we we can very commonly observe the left right but there's also lower body and upper body okay yeah. coordination and front body and back body coordination too so you know there's lots and lots of little things that we can stick in there to to make that smoother we also do um a little bit of reflex work. So um, the reflex work is very good for calming the system down quite quickly in a safe way. Um, so for example, uh, the foot, hand and mouth reflex is the, the reflex of safety. So if we, if we put some input into the hand, foot and mouth before we begin doing anything new, um, the body and the brain feel safe even before we start. So that works really well. Um, and then we'll do some of the appropriate asanas, um some breathing, and then finally some relaxation at the end. And you know sometimes the relaxation is a second. <laughs> you know, especially with children. It's just like, oh I'm lying down and uh, you know and we and we teach, you know, what to do if there's a lot of fidgeting going on in the hands and the feet and the face um and different types of relaxation for different kinds of uh, adults or children on the spectrum so there's quite a lot there's quite a lot to the method actually which is why it takes three days to teach it it's quite an intense three days oh it would be because um
0: and you would also probably have some practical examples of people coming in and you know working with them while you are doing the training yeah it sounds as you're talking, I'm just thinking there's so much I need to learn. I almost want to just come to Manchester and do that with you myself. You never stop learning. You see, when you are on a yoga journey, even uh, picking up, uh, like recently I started reading boarding the Sutras, which is a very new book um, that has, I need to get the, to the, the phone out to find out the writer. But, and it's a very simple term of about self-care and it's using the sutras as a way you know to demonstrate self-care basically and I absolutely love the book Mm. it triggered so much more that I wanted to learn and is it's exactly the same when you're talking it triggers so many things in my mind my vata my deranged vata mind yes (laughs) and I'm trying to take notes and find the pens and the
1: papers here and it's just like um about yoga though is that you know I've been in in Jaeger for 20 years and there's still more to learn and you know it's 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 a it's a beautiful thing to to be able to be humble like that now I just don't know I just there's always more. Veronica
0: and I move on to speak about Manchester training and social distancing, which leads nicely to questions about the impact COVID-19 has had on children with autism.
1: What do you think the impact was for those children? I think it was twofold. In some ways, it was a little bit easier because, you know, one of the biggest struggles in autism um, is, is the transition. So having to go from home to school, from one class to another, So when you take that away and you're in the same place all of the time, it it does take away a level of stress, obviously for the child, not necessarily for the parent. (laughs) Um, And so so, what I've been hearing anecdotally from the the parents of the children that I work with is that um, having sort of being at home actually and and simplifying um, the home life and the homeschooling, in many ways, they have really benefited. Because, you know, there's none, of. especially with homeschooling, you know, and and doing it online through the computer, not having that extra noise and sensory input in the classroom and, and finding the processing of all of that quite difficult. Having a little bit more space and calm at home and still being able to work, actually, they've made Uh, some good leaps in terms of you know the educational side of things um on the social front it's a completely different thing obviously because you know social ability is is hard work um and it takes a lot of learning so being out of that social loop will have created a few steps back for a few children and and the transition back into friendships is going to be a little bit harder than neurotypicals Um, i think uh, in terms of family, because I work a lot with children and with families, um, the family dynamics can be quite different, difficult. And I think that's probably where the biggest difficulties have come. Uh, and
0: some people wouldn't have got a
1: break at all, some
0: of the parents.
1: And it's hard, hard work. It's, it's really intense. It's, you know, and you get, you get sucked into that intensity. And the smallest things are difficult um to deal with from choosing what to wear to brushing your teeth to making sure that you know you've got activities to do it's it's hard um and everybody's together often not in the most ideal environment you know not being able to get out much as well especially if you're shielding and you know you can't even go for a walk necessarily that was hard yeah. And I live somewhere quiet and I
0: can go for a walk because I used to go for a walk when I was shielding at 6 o'clock, 7 in the morning at the very latest. Mm-hmm. And I was so careful not to touch anything, not to do anything. I would no. tell them to do that as well.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. How do you ask children to do that? Uh, uh, it's hard. So, you know, the so there's you been know. both positives and negatives to to, to this time. Um, and I and I think what I like about what's happening at the moment is the schools, because of COVID and having all these things that they've got to consider, are actually being a little bit more accommodating than normal. Maybe,
0: maybe, maybe I'm thinking in my mind there will be a nice halfway point for uh, for a way forward for those kids that need uh, that quiet, I guess, and space. Uh, to develop in their own uh, way instead of conforming to the curriculum and what the schools are doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And, and that goes as much for those on the spectrum as, as others, actually. There was one thing that I haven't mentioned that um, I think is quite important with regards to sort of COVID situation. So I worked, when I'm working on the spectrum and sometimes the children that come to me, think, the parents thinking they might be on the stretch or not, actually, they, they have developmental delay, which is something that can be worked with quite, and quite quickly as well. But one thing that does happen when we have this prolonged period, it can be good in that there's been a rest for the body and mind that allows new developmental stages to be reached. So in the same way that the children feel like they've grown like half a foot over this time, their body, but also their mind and their brain connections will have grown too. Now, but there's also another group and, and these does usually fall more into the sort of more autistic is that they need the constant stimulus, stimuli in order to create the new brain connections that we're trying to create. And when those then stop happening, um, you know, we get a regress. Yeah. Get a little bit of a regress, but I think with a little bit of input again soon, hopefully, um, you know, that will just go back to where it was. Is because the body doesn't remember, doesn't forget what it's already learned, so it's just a question of reminding it again and getting it back on track. Uh, everything that you said today has been light bulb
0: moments. My brain is going. It's been such a pleasure and all those things that you said, you know, I'm surprised that there has been a good part to COVID. I was I was expecting to hear doom and absolute gloom. (laughs) But it hasn't been the case. And I really enjoyed connecting with you. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Thank you for coming on the lives. Yes. Just delighted to have you on board. It's been amazing. I'm going to check my notifications. Let me
1: know if there's anything else you would like to add. And then I am going to say goodbye. I'd like to say, um, and that's just really um, two, well, it's two things really. First of all, if, if you are working with children and you're teaching yoga, in schools you will have one or two in in your class who are on the spectrum and uh, they will be struggling with the normal sort of straight up yoga classes so you know it's worth finding out something that you can do to help it's not rocket science once you understand the science behind it and the thinking behind it, it it's very logical and makes sense Um, and the second thing I want to say is that this work is really needed in this sector it's it's absolutely desperately needed that children um, particularly are really really struggling right now they're being put into main mainstream schools they're not having their needs met and to have somebody who comes in once a week and meets their needs and meets them and helps them to learn how to calm is absolutely life-transforming. I absolutely love doing
0: that kind of work. It's really lovely to speak to you. Thank you for coming. I'm going to close this off. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Uh, And I will hopefully see everybody next week. And um, yeah, goodbye, everybody. See you next week. Bye.